What is this? Are you trying to trick me? What is this? What's going on here? What are you people doing here? You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today, due to circumstances beyond my control, I'm recording this right after our major flood at the early part of 2021, I've got a best of episode. I've gone back to season one and pulled some excerpts from my very special episode about bullying, as well as some excerpts from an episode about music, another one about manners, and we close out with a little story about cursing. So check these stories out. If you haven't heard them before, I hope you enjoy them. And if you heard them the first time around, I hope you enjoy them again. I'll try to be back on schedule next week. In the meantime, please enjoy this best of story time episode. You know, the kind of person that I am these days, the kind of person that I became as a result of growing up the way that I grew up, is all part of why I wanted to do story time. Because these stories are, are, are me. It's, it's, it's the kind of person that I am because of what I grew up with, because of what I went through, because of the way things were when I was a kid. So today's episode is about bullying. And um, it's a difficult topic to talk about um, just in general. Because it happens all the time, and a lot of times people pass it off as, ah, they're just teasing them, or they're just picking on them. And yeah, that's true too, but there's a difference between teasing and bullying. And that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about as well. But one of the other reasons that I wanted to talk about it is, it's something that happens all of the time. If you're in any way different, you're liable to be bullied, one way or the other, especially if you're in school. It's worse when you're a kid because a lot of times when you're a kid, you don't feel like you have any outlet, anywhere to go, anyone to talk to. And that's one of the other things that I wanted to do with this podcast was to let you know you're not alone, to let you know that there are people who've been there, who've experienced what you're experiencing, who you can turn to if you want somebody to turn to, even if you just want to vent, if you want to let somebody know, I'm going through crap right now and I just need somebody to listen. Sometimes that's all you need, somebody to listen. Bullying is, is more malicious than people realize. When you're getting picked on, it's, it's like a five-year-old saying, why is your shirt so ugly? Neener, neener, neener. Bullying has meanness attached to it and intent. There is some kind of malicious nastiness underlying bullying that doesn't exist with simple, you know, five-year-old teasing. And a lot of that maliciousness people do tend to grow out of because there's a lot of peer pressure involved in bullying. I get that. The captain of the football team has all of the football team gang up on the strange kid, and there's peer pressure involved, and as you mature, you grow out of those things. But the guy who instigates it may not. He may be that aggressive, nasty, manipulative person that we run into in business or in court or on the street or wherever you happen to be. And that's that guy. But the stuff that he caused when he was a kid stays with the person who was bullied too. And I'll tell you about that. Now, bullying in my day was very different than it is these days. Obviously, you guys know I'm a a tiny bit older than a lot of you. (laughs) So (laughs) just a little bit. 
There was no social media. There was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. There was no Snapchat. There was none of that where the bullying happened when I was a kid. When I was a kid, bullying was upfront. It was in your face. It was in-person nastiness. Sometimes it would be more subtle than others, but other times, boy, it was downright in your face. And I'll give you some examples. The bullying can take the form of any type of behavior. I first got a pair of glasses when I was in, I believe it was either the fourth or the fifth grade. I don't remember exactly when, but I do remember as soon as I put those glasses on my head, boy, I was four eyes. I was four eyes to everybody, and everybody made fun of the fact that I had to wear glasses, and now I had this big set of black frames on my face, which is weird now because the glasses that I had when I was a kid are very popular today. But boy, when I was a kid, when you got those glasses on your face, that big black rim glasses that you had to wear because that's the only style there was, you were the target. It sounds stupid, right? They were picking on them for wearing glasses. But boy, when everybody picks on you about your glasses, oh, it wears you out. It really does. One of the other things is it's the social ostracism that's kind of a passive-aggressive bullying, whether it's you're always picked last in the sports, either because you're the fat kid, which I was, as you know from listening to other episodes, or because you wear glasses, or because they don't like you. That's a passive-aggressive way of bullying, and that's something that I was experiencing too. You, You may have remembered me talking about the dance segments we had in high school and in uh, middle school, where part of phys ed was learning to be social. We would have these dance segments where you'd have to learn to square dance, or you'd have to where, where you'd have to learn to line dance or do the hokey pokey. No one wanted to be my partner. It was always me trying to find somebody who would be my partner to be in the dance, and it was it was horrible. It was horrible because you could see people averting their eyes, and I learned that cue at an early age. People would avert their eyes so that they wouldn't have to look at me so that I wouldn't go up to them and ask them to be my partner because the boys always had to ask the girls. Because back in the day, that was the social norm. The boy asked the girl. So me being the shy, introverted fat kid who was always picked on had to find it in himself to go ask not even a girlfriend, but just a female in my class to be my partner. And it was horrible. It was horrible. There was one particular incident, and I remember this vividly. I remember this vividly, and it stayed with me all of these years. It's weird what you do remember, but I can see the classroom. I can see the person. I can see the person who was with her. It was an incident that happened in seventh grade, and I remember that clear as a bell, and I remember which classroom it was in. We were in a study hall with a substitute teacher, and I was sitting in one of the desks. This particular girl was sitting behind me, and for no reason that I can think of. I didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. She didn't say anything. We weren't fighting, but she was one of those kind of aggressive talkers who had her little click. And for whatever reason, she hauled off and slapped me in the back of the head. It was an open-handed whack. It was, I mean, you could hear it. It was just like that around the back of my head. And I looked around and I said, stop it. And she just smiled and laughed. And her friend next to her smiled and laughed. And I turned around and went back to my work. And 30 seconds later, she slapped me again. And, you know, you could hear it just like that. And, you know, it was nothing I could do anything about because the substitute teacher wasn't paying attention and nobody around me was paying attention. I didn't have any friends to come and defend me, but she had her friend egging her on. 
And 30 seconds later, she slapped me again, back in the back of the head. Now, I was always taught, well, I was taught several things. I was taught first, you never hit a girl. And I've never hit a girl in my entire life. You just don't. Second, they always told me, my parents would tell me if I was having a hard time in school, well, just ignore it and they'll stop. That's a very parental thing to say, and I've said it to my kids. But I remember that was one of the things that my mother told me, just ignore it and they'll stop. So I was trying to ignore it, but it was very difficult to ignore because when somebody's whacking you in the back of the head, you kind of have to notice it. So by the time the fourth whack in the head came across the back of my head, I had no other recourse. I started crying. Now I'm in seventh grade. I'm a fat kid. I had no friends. And now there's a girl whacking me in the head and I'm crying in class. Yeah, that's a great picture to present to a whole bunch of middle schoolers, the fat crying kid with no friends. So I put my hand up because the substitute teacher wasn't paying any attention. I put my hand up and I said, excuse me. And I'm whimpering and whining and crying through this. And I said, I need to go to the nurse because that was my only out. That was all that I had to me was a place to get out of this classroom because no one was helping me. I was by myself. I had to find a way out of this situation. And that was the only way that I found. And the substitute let me out. She said, yeah, go to the nurse. And I sat in the nurse's office, and I tried to explain to her what was happening. And so she let me stay in the office for the rest of the period. And nothing was ever done to the girl or her friend. Nothing was ever done for me as a result of this incident. It's just something that I had to live with. It's a hard thing to live with. And all of these years later, it's still in my head. I still remember it. I've loved music all my life, and it's always been super important to me from as as a distraction, as a hobby, as something to learn about. Even the theme song for this show is an important thing for me because I spent a lot of time picking out both the intro theme and the outro theme. And as you know, if, if you've listened to the podcast at all, you can tell they're different songs and they have different meanings to me. I wanted a good feeling song when you came in, something you'd associate with, oh yeah, it's story time. And on the way out, I picked something that I thought was, you know, a little mellower, but still a kind of a cool song to go out with because music means things. It evokes emotion and it, it, it reminds you of things that make you either feel good or feel sad or feel happy or feel romantic. Music is a powerful thing, and I love music. I I just can't express enough how much I love music. So I wanted to talk a little about it today. This will probably be one of many music episodes that I do, because as I was putting this one together, I realized, boy, I could drop examples of all kinds of music in that I've liked over the years. Commercial jingles, TV theme songs, rock songs, country songs, so many different things that I've listened to all my life. And that would make a podcast of about mm, probably 27 hours and 13 minutes. So I decided to cut it back a little just to give a little overview. I, I don't know exactly where my love for music started. I know I've been interested in music uh, all of my life. And from a young age, I was taking piano lessons uh, as long ago as I can remember. I think I was about four or five years old. Uh, I just have a vague memory of sitting at the piano with my mother, uh, who was a piano player and a piano teacher. She did teach the neighborhood kids as well, but I learned at a young age, it's never good for your parent to teach you how to do anything, because the feeling between a parent and a child for instructions is very different from a par- from a, an instructor and a student. 
So it just never set the same as it might have had I had another person teaching me piano. But mom did her best, and I I took piano lessons from her for, I want to say, four or five years. Uh, And I learned enough about the piano to be able to write music and read music and pick a tune out on the piano if I ever had to. But I have to say I wasn't, I, I guess the best way to put it is, I wasn't a diligent student. I played piano and I learned piano and I learned enough about music to know that I liked it, but I really didn't dive into piano as much as I wish that I had because I I can pick a tune out, but that's about all I can do. Uh, So I've always regretted not taking my piano more seriously, but you know, lesson learned as they say. I did stay with music though throughout my grade school and high school career because I joined the band in the fifth grade. I started taking uh, trumpet lessons back in the fifth grade. That was one of the things that my mom wanted me to do. She wanted me involved in music. My dad was not the music guy. My dad liked military marches. He liked Stars and Stripes forever. That was the extent of his music taste. If it was a good military march, he liked it. Uh, John Philip Sousa. That was his his composer of choice. Anything that he put out, he liked. But that was it. He was not a lyrical guy. He didn't listen to love songs. I mean, he did, but it was not his music of choice. His music of choice was talk radio. That was my dad's music of choice. So if we wanted to listen to music, we had to do it on our own time in our own room. But mom, mom was musical. Mom played the piano. Mom played guitar. Mom played mandolin. She taught herself how to play the accordion and the concertina. If there was an instrument out there, Mom would try to learn it, and she wanted us to have that knowledge as well. Manners are super important in this world, and in the the times that we live, they're a missing commodity, in my opinion. And the reason that I have stories about manners is because when I was brought up, we were taught manners on an everyday basis. We were taught how to behave. We were taught how to be good human beings, not not good people or bad people, just how to be polite people growing up in society. And that's something that seems to be sadly lacking. And so this is going to be part stories and part Okay, part rant. I'll, 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 I'll admit it. It's part of a rant today. There's a rant about people not knowing how to behave. And I think that's because of the way people parent now versus how they parented when I was a kid. Now, one of the most important things about manners is that the little things matter. You don't think that they do, but they really do. They make people view you differently. You're received differently when you're talking to people if you're a polite, mannerly person. And these things are ingrained in you from the beginning. And one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about it is I know that I have a bunch of younger folks who listen to the podcast. This is something that you should not only adopt for yourself, but also pass on to your kids. Maybe we have a generation of folks who don't know how to quote unquote behave, but that doesn't mean we can't change it. And I'm sorry if I sound like the old guy, get off my lawn, you nasty kids. I don't mean to sound that way, but this is an observation that I make every day. And I go back to my childhood because this is where I learned how to behave in society. And we should all behave this way. Just a little civility, just a little politeness makes a difference. For instance, when you ask for something, say please. I can't remember how many times my mother told me, what do you say? And you always say, please, may I have that? Would you mind getting that for me, please? It's just a simple little word, but it makes all of the difference to a lot of people. And the corollary to please is what? Thank you. 
When somebody gives you something, say thank you. It's a simple little gesture, but how many people don't do that? But boy, was that drilled into me as a kid. What do you say if my mom gives me something, or my brother gives me something, or my sister gives me something? My mother would stand there in the hallway with her arms crossed and say, What do you say? And of course we had to say thank you. And if we didn't say thank you, we got sent to our rooms. We were in trouble if we didn't say thank you when we were supposed to say thank you. Now, we weren't beaten. Maybe some people were. We weren't beaten, but we were sent to our rooms. And we had to think about what we were supposed to say when somebody did something nice for us. What do you say? You say thank you. It's a simple little gesture. And it's lost these days more often than not. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I go into a store and the people working there don't say please or thank you. And the people in line, if I let somebody cut through the line so they can get from one side of the store to the other, a little thank you would be nice. I'm just saying. I say it all the time. The part of please and thank you that is sometimes lost is excuse me. If you're cutting through a line, if you're getting a seat at the table, if somebody gives up, gives up a little bit of their turf for you to get through a passageway, as you're going through, just a simple, excuse me. It's, again, a polite phrase. But how many people go barreling through because they were never taught, excuse me? My mother, my father would say, what do you say? If somebody steps out of the way and lets you pass through, excuse me. Same if you're burping or sneezing. Oh my God, if I didn't say excuse me after a burp or a sneeze or a cough, goodness gracious, I would never hear the end of it. Were you raised in a barn, young man? What do you say after you sneeze? Excuse me? It's simple. It's basic. But boy, it was drilled into us from a young age. Please, thank you, and excuse me. Basic tools of manners and being polite. And we had them all of the time. What the heck does Dag Nabbit mean? It sounds goofy, but that's my go-to curse word most of the time these days. Dag Nabbit. I think it's the Yosemite Sam and Me from Bugs Bunny cartoons. That's where Dag Nabbit comes from. The other one that I've come up with over the years, and actually <laughs> Mrs. Gamer Dude uses this more than I do, and it's become one of her favorites, douche nozzle. Douche nozzle's a great phrase. You call somebody a douche nozzle, it, it just takes them by surprise. They have no idea what the hell that means. But it's a great sounding curse phrase. You douche nozzle. Right? That sounds good. But it's a weird thing. I, I, I don't look down on people who curse because cursing is so prevalent in, in our society today. And, you know, everybody drops the F-bomb and everybody says shit and piss and tits and balls and all the stuff that I was not supposed to say as growing up, as I was growing up. And I don't say it now. It's just occasionally I'll drop it in the, in the conversation. Or if I'm particularly frustrated, if I'm driving and there's a moron in front of me who doesn't know the rules of the road, I'll drop an F-bomb on them. But usually when I'm in the car by myself, occasionally if somebody's in the car, I'll still drop the F-bomb. But if I'm with people, I tend not to curse. And that's, that's my mom. That's the upbringing that I had. And I can't shake that. I don't think that I necessarily think it's a bad thing. You know, I come up with colorful metaphors to take the place of the curse words that people use because I'm more comfortable with it that way. And I know Mr. 5 in my Twitch stream has said on occasion that it doesn't sound normal when I curse. It's not normal when I curse because I don't. It's, it's an effort for me to come up with a curse. If I call somebody or something in a game, you bastards, it's more forced. 
By the way, bastards is an okay word. It wasn't a great word when I was a kid, but we would we could get away with it. But bastards was a bad word, and bastards isn't really a curse word. Even even from its origin, bastard is simply the child born out of wedlock to somebody. That's what a bastard is, but it was a bad word at one point. And my mom tend to frown on our use of the word bastard. So even bastard makes me a little uncomfortable. Of course, I know how to use curse words. I don't really use curse words. And I laugh because I think of the story when my youngest was working on some of his early music. As those of you who followed me at all know, my youngest uh, writes rap and he performs rap and he's a performer and a recording artist. And he has a lot of stuff up on his SoundCloud account. But one of the first songs that he was writing used the word motherfucker in it. And you probably heard it right there. I don't like saying that. It's just not a phrase that I'm comfortable using in everyday language. But I know enough about rap and I know enough about the the style of music. I could never be a rapper because I can't say the phrase motherfucker without going, "Mm, I'm uncomfortable with this word. But I knew that he was very good at what he was doing, except when he came to that word. And it's partly because I never used it. But the first piece of advice I gave him about cursing was this. And I told him, I love what you wrote. I love the way you perform it. But if you're going to use the word motherfucker, you have to own it. And he said, thanks, Dad. And ever since then, he's been really good with his use of the word. (laughs) So I guess the lesson is, if you're going to curse, own it. that's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate you listening to all of the episodes, including this best of episode. Hope you liked it. If you have any suggestions or stories you'd like to hear on future best of episodes, message me on Twitter, whisper me on Twitch. Just let me know. We'll find those stories. We'll put them up in future episodes. Thanks again, guys. Until next time, you take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you. 